How do you imagine heaven? Is it really pearly gates? Or is it a vast land of perfect weather and gorgeous waterfalls? Or maybe it's not so much what it looks like, but how it feels. Peacefulness, contentment, belonging, eternal love. Well, heaven may be closer than you think, and eternal life is not reserved for just a lucky few. It's available now, and knowing Jesus is the key to opening it all. That's today on the podcast. Hey, this is Marisa from the Tower Hill production team. Thanks so much for listening into our Tower Hill podcast. Whenever or wherever you're listening, we hope this podcast blesses you, and we hope that you feel free to share it with someone that you know so that they'll feel blessed too. This week, Pastor Jason continues in the sermon series, Beyond Belief, and he talks about how heaven is a destination, but not reserved for some future time. It's available right here and right now by knowing Jesus. So let's check it out right now. Well, as we go into our, this next installment of Beyond Belief, why salvation, Jesus, and heaven are infinitely bigger than you imagined. We're going to be talking about uh, a popular subject, and more on that in a minute. I did want to say that this, the inspiration for this sermon, and today, and when I'm talking about, uh, about heaven, is... In conversation with John John Ortberg's book, wow, have a hard time saying Ortberg's book, Eternity is Now in Session. And I want to encourage you to get it. Uh, It's a short read. It's very good, very good. And where he talks about some of these different topics and from his mentor, Dallas Willard. So let's talk about heaven. This is something everybody's got an opinion about, whether you're religious or not. Everybody has an idea of what they think heaven is is all about. So let's have a little fun this morning. I want you to share with me. When I say heaven, what do you think of? It could be something that you imagine heaven to be like. It could be something about what it's like in heaven. But go ahead, raise your hand, and I'm going to come out and call on you. Look at how all the introverts just went. Yeah. All right. Oh, extroverts, thank you. Happy. Good. What else? Angels. Reward. Reward. Paradise. Paradise. Golden streets. streets. Music. Peaceful. Reunification. Reunification. Nice. Let's go. Omnipresence. Omnipresence. (laughs) Look at her keeping her head. No worries. Presence of God. Child smile. I love it. Oh, that's a, that's a, oh. Oh, yeah. (laughs) A place where I have straight hair naturally. (laughs) Life everlasting. Good. I, you know, I need to pay more attention to the wings here. You guys don't get enough love. No pain? No pain. Yes. No daylight savings time, but daylight all the time. Yeah. Where I see my family. Other seat. Some of you sit back there so that you won't get called on. So I get it. I get it. Do we have more? Do we have any? All right. Maybe one more. Let's get, let me, okay, here we go. 
alive. Good. You know, it's funny. When people talk about heaven, you know, they, sometimes they talk about, you know, obviously streets of gold. They think about everyone kind of has this mansion. There's maybe a golf course nearby. It sounds to me, <laughs> when people describe heaven, they're describing a gated community in Florida. <laughs> and, I mean, I guess, I don't, I don't know what it's like, but uh, maybe that's why they call it God's waiting room down there. <laughs> eh. But thank you. Here all week. Here all week. Yeah, so, or maybe you think of the Warrant song. Any Warrant fans? Heaven isn't too far away. Bam, now closer to it. You know you want to sing right now. You know it. We all have an idea of what heaven is, what it's all about. We just hope we get in. We just hope we get in. That's what we're really pulling for. Like, God, somehow, some way, I figured it out enough to get to go there. But what does Jesus actually say about heaven? What does he teach? So today we're going to dive into that subject a little bit. What does Jesus really say about heaven? In what ways are we right? And in what ways are we wrong? So first, let's take our view. You know, everybody... Oh, I was... I threw this in there. I feel like heaven looks like Rivendell from Lord of the Rings. Anyone? No, okay. Sorry, that's for all the nerds. Our view is that heaven is a destination. Right? Heaven, that's our view. Heaven is a destination after death. It's a location. It's a place. It's... um, it's for when we die, we get to experience heaven in this other place that isn't here. And so what does Jesus say about that? Well, I think this is one area where we are right about heaven. Jesus does talk about it as a place. We'll look at John 14 too. He's praying to his father uh, for his disciples. He says this, My father's house has many rooms. If that were not so, would I have told you that I'm going there to prepare a place for you. He also, in if you remember when he was hanging on the cross, there were two criminals hanging with him. And to the one criminal, who you know, he said, remember me. And Jesus says what? He says, today you will be with me in paradise. Truly I tell you, today you'll be with me in paradise. So, and there are many other places where Jesus definitely says that heaven is a somewhere. It is a place. And after we die, it is a location that we go to in order to be with God. But I think when it comes to the idea of heaven and eternal life, this is the piece that we sometimes get wrong. See, our view is that eternal life, heaven is a future location for living eternally with God. That my eternal life begins when my life here ends. And I get to spend that with God. And surprisingly, even shockingly, this is not what Jesus teaches about eternal life. Jesus says this. And actually, this is in the context of the prayer that he was praying. John 17, 3. Now this is eternal life. That they know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. 
So, in other words, Jesus' definition of eternal life is knowing God. Knowing God equals eternal life. Which is radically different than what we usually think of. It's not just a something for when we die, but we can know God right now. Eternal life can begin right now. Eternity is now in session. I've had a lot of people ask this, and you've either asked this question or you've heard others ask this question. And that is, Pastor, how can you claim to know God? God is so big. God is unknowable. God's bigger than our own human words to describe God. God's so much more. How can you say definitively, as a human, how can you say that you can know God? And I think this is a great question. And here's how. This is why the Christian faith is qualitatively different than every other religious claim, every other religion. Is that what we believe is that God entered human history as one of us. Now you have to believe Jesus is God. If you don't, this this will all fall apart. But if you don't believe Jesus is God, You may want to find a different way to spend your time on Sunday morning. If Jesus is God, what does that mean? It means the artist entered the painting. The creator entered his creation. Why? So that he can be known. So that you can see the acts, the actions of Jesus and know God. If you know Jesus, you know God. In other words, God the Father was fully revealed when Jesus lived and died and rose again. And it's been recorded so that you can know him. And when you know God, when you come to faith, when that point comes that you know God, eternal life begins right now. This life that we think of as being in the hereafter becomes real in the here and now. Dallas Willard put it this way. Eternal life in the individual does not begin after death, but at the point where God touches the individual with redeeming grace and draws them into a life interactive with himself and his kingdom. We get a sense of eternity in our hearts. You know, one of the cool things that uh, when Dallas Willard passed away, somebody who was in the room with him just before heard Dallas say, I wonder if I'm going to know or notice when I die right away. His point was, I've been living the eternal life for a while now. I don't know if I'm going to realize when my earthly life has ended. I thought that was a really cool thought. Eternal life begins now. Remember the story of Zacchaeus? I don't know if any of you were raised in church, but maybe you even learned the song about Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus was a wee little man and a wee... 
Although it's funny, I wonder if our, in, in our like age of outrage, if that song is even legit anymore. Like, is that mean to short people? Like, I don't know. I, I don't know if we're allowed to sing that anymore. Like, but the Zacchaeus story really drives home what Jesus taught and said about eternity. In that, Zacchaeus, if you're not familiar with the story, Zacchaeus went to go take a look at Jesus. And as the story goes, he was too short to see behind the crowd, beyond the crowd, so he climbed a tree. Anyway, Zacchaeus was not um, a follower of God in any way. He was a tax collector, which was equal to saying he was a sinner. He, he did not care about the ways of God. And Jesus looks, finds him in the tree, tells him, I'm coming to your house. Goes to his house. Zacchaeus has this literal come-to-Jesus moment, right? He comes to faith. And Jesus says this. Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house because this man too is a son of Abraham. Today salvation has come to this house. That's an interesting way of saying it. Instead of saying, because of this man's faith, someday salvation will come to this house. Somebody says, so salvation is coming today. There's something that happens in the right now when we come to faith in Jesus. Somehow, some way, eternity is now in session. The eternal begins with a new life in Jesus Christ. And in that way, I think, heaven is both a right now reality and a not yet. There's a location later, but we experience it also in the right now. Both are happening at the same time. In other words, as you're living your Christian life, you can feel God's presence in it. You experience God's presence in your life. Have you ever, um, you ever had that experience where like, somebody said something or a situation came up and you're like, there is no way that could have happened. There's no way that's a coincidence. God was intervening in my life. That's how you can kind of taste the heaven here and now. Taste eternal life here and now. Or even just praying to God. And having him respond in different circumstances in your life. That's a way of experiencing it here and now. It's already, but it's also not yet. At some point in the future, it will be fully realized. I said, it's kind of like going to a wedding. I've been to a few. The DJs are the worst. <laughs> I think it's the same DJ goes to everyone. Anyway. By the time the wedding ceremony's over, you're pretty hungry. Right? Kind of hungry. You're like, I'm ready for the dinner. And you've pre-selected your dinner. You're getting the steak. Unless, like, the three of you that are getting fish. All right, fine. But, like, you're getting the steak. And you're excited about that dinner. You know that dinner is coming. And you're hungry. And you're like, I'm ready. But you know they're not going to serve that dinner to like 10 o'clock at night. You're like, who eats at 10 o'clock at night? But thank God there's the cocktail hour. Which, incidentally, is the best part. I mean the ceremony. And then, yeah. So... So you're like starving and you're really excited for this dinner, but at the same time, you get to munch out at the cocktail hour and your hunger is satisfied. 
You're still looking forward to the dinner, but you're still satisfied by the food that you're enjoying at the cocktail hour. It's already and it's not yet. It's heaven, eternal life is already and it's not yet. Your, your hunger is being satiated by the Holy Spirit and yet there is a, a hunger that will not yet be satiated until that day that all things are made new. How about that one? Just like a wedding. Sorry, it's my birthday if I'm a little off. So let's go back to the kingdom of God. I I actually think you can make the argument that the kingdom of God in heaven can be synonymous. That's what we've been talking about. If the kingdom of God is the place where God's rule and reign are made complete, isn't that what heaven is? Isn't that the full realization of the kingdom of God? Where there's true justice and freedom from oppression and suffering and comfort and peace and mercy and where you can see God? So, now let's go back to our chart, our Kingdom of God chart. If the reality is, kind of like a baseball field, is that you have your out-of-bounds, the kingdom of this world, and what's in-bounds, the kingdom of God that is growing until such point that it overtakes everything, you experience heaven when you come to faith in Jesus Christ because you're experiencing the kingdom of God. It's already, but it's not yet. You're experiencing it now in the midst of the kingdoms of this world. So you can taste it, you're satiated by it, it's feeding you, but it's not yet fully realized. So how do we experience this? What does Jesus say? He says, know Jesus. Know Jesus. And you have eternal life. Now here's a really important point, and I think this is where a lot of people get stuck. Knowing Jesus is not the same thing as knowing about Jesus. I could have a perfect attendance record in Sunday school, in church. I can give generously. I can volunteer I can do everything right. And I can know everything about Jesus. I could recite scripture verses to you. I could go to seminary and learn more. I could do a doctorate dissertation in biblical studies. I could know so much about Jesus, but that is not the same thing as knowing Jesus. It's like I could know everything there is about you and still not know you at all. Knowing Jesus is different. John Ortberg in his book says that our idea of getting into heaven is sort of like that scene in Monty Python with at the bridge. Remember that the Holy Grail? Remember the bridge scene? What is your name? What is your quest? To seek the grail. What is your favorite color? But the idea is, is I think we think that it's going to be some sort of entrance exam that you can't buy your way out of. (laughs) Sorry, was that? (laughs) 
So, <laughs> so it's some kind of entrance exam where it's like you're going to be asked questions about God and you're going to have to have the right answers. And if you get, the, get it wrong, you know, fling, you know, you're into the abyss. It's not knowing about God that matters. It's knowing God. How do you know God? You follow Jesus Christ. You learn what he did. You embrace who he is and what he did for your life. And you try to live accordingly. That's knowing Jesus. You know by getting to know. So is there a line of faith that we have to cross? Of course there is. But it's not just about getting into heaven, it's about getting heaven into you. Why? So that you can live the spirit-filled, heaven-bound life that will show the world what it looks like to live in the way of Jesus. To show that you know Jesus by the way that you're living your life. Why? So that they can see it too. They can see there's another way to be. Or as Jesus says in when he teaches us how to pray, Matthew 6, 9 and 10, This then is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. On earth as it is in heaven. It's about bringing heaven down to earth. It's about bringing it. And maybe Warren was right. Heaven isn't too far away. But belief alone doesn't quite get you there. You have to actually do it. It's kind of like when uh, we did swimming lessons for my kids. And we went to this place. And their, their primary method of teaching you how to swim was two things. One, watch other people swim. Two, we just push you in. Uh, maybe some of you have had success with that model. We did not. (laughs) But the thing is, I'm not going to just, if I'm a non-swimmer, I'm not going to just watch Michael Phelps swim and then know how to swim. I can know all the technical things about the proper stroke. But at some point, I just got to jump in the pool and give it a go. This is the same thing with knowing Jesus. You got to get in the pool and give it a go you got to live like everything you know about Jesus is true and let that impact your everyday life. This week, I wonder what it would look like if we tried to live out the answer to this question. How can you give someone a taste of heaven or the eternal life that is in you? Whether it's Operating at work with integrity, whether it's a relationship. Because here's the thing God wants to use you to show everybody what it looks like to live with Him eternally. Why? Because He wants everyone in, He wants everyone across that line. And He's counting on us to share it. Not just with our knowledge about Jesus. How many of you have been pummeled with the Bible like it was a weapon? Yeah. 
That's not it. It's showing that you know Jesus. I'll close with this. This was, uh, every time my birthday, I think my mom, because I miss getting that call every year to hear all about how she was in labor for 24 hours. (laughs) But I also remember when she came to faith in Jesus, which was a downright shock to me, because I felt that my, my way of living the Christian faith in my 20s was not exactly perfect, left a lot to be desired. I felt like I was getting it wrong more than I was getting it right. But the one thing that she said led her to a decision to cross that line was she said that she saw how Jesus changed my life. She could see the heaven that was set up residence in me. And she wanted more. There are people in your life that need to see heaven. They need to see the eternal life that you're living. They need to know there's another way. There's a hope. It's bigger than all of us. And we need to move beyond belief into real, deep, discipleship. Amen.